0: Good morning everybody. Um, I am excited to uh, dive into Ezekiel this morning as we're going through the prophets Um, and so excited that I hardly got any sleep last night. So the Lord, he wrote the message and now he's going to have to give the message. So let's start with prayer Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for your word. I thank you that it is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord God, I thank you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We ask right now for your Holy Spirit to come to fill me um, where I am emptied and then filled with you and your, your power, your words your message for your church right now. I also pray for every listener right now that shalom would come over them, that there would be um, a, a place where um, their heart is open and, and ready um, and hungry and anticipating uh, the word that you have prepared for their minds and for their hearts for today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask, amen. Okay. So, um, like I said, I'm very excited about this message. There's been a lot going on, um, where the Lord has spoken into this. Um, and, and I know why it's because there is a compression of time right now. So the prophetic is speeding up. It's picking up. All things right now are accelerated um and and many many of us are still dull we're blind uh we're we we can't hear we're groping in the darkness we we need uh words um from Ezekiel this morning to wake us up to enlarge us for what the Lord is doing and speaking in this day and in this prophetic hour again where everything is accelerated Um, Ezekiel 12, I'm going to read to you, verse 26 through 28 says, Again, the word of Adonai came to me. Human being, look, people from the house of Israel are saying, the vision that he sees concerns the distant future. He's prophesying about a time far off. Therefore, say to them that Adonai Elohim says, None of my words will be delayed any more. But the word that I speak will be accomplished, says Adonai Elohim. And that word in Ezekiel spoken to those people then that scoffed and mocked and said the vision and the things that the prophet was saying for those people, these things are not going to come to pass. It's going to be much, much later. We have time. And the people today are saying the exact same thing. And it is time for the church, the real true church, to stand up and to know the times that we are living in, to hear the word of Ezekiel because this word is alive for us to hear right now into our hearts and into our minds and to be quickened right now. He says, my words will be delayed no longer, but the word that I speak will be accomplished. And we are at that place now in time and space. What time is it prophetically on the time clock? Uh, those with an Issachar anointing know the times. That was a small, it was like one of the smallest tribes, but they knew the times, they knew the seasons. So all the other tribes would look to Issachar as to when to go, what to do at the timing. And right now the Lord wants to give you and me an Issachar anointing. Lord Jesus, make it so. Zechariah chapter four, verse eight through 10 says this. This message from Adonai came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will also finish it. Then you will know that Adonai, the Lord our righteousness, sent me to you. For even someone who doesn't think much of a day when such minor events take place will rejoice at seeing the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So these are the eyes of Adonai that range about all over the earth. This is happening in our day. We're going to get into this in this study. The plumb line is always the word of God. It is our lens that you and I must filter everything through. All of the events that are taking place on the planet right now, we need to bring and filter it through what the word of God says because the future is given to us. The future is already ordained and destined. And it has already been proclaimed to you and I in the word of God. We know the end from the beginning in the word of God. So if you want to know what is going on, which many people I know that I'm talking to do not want to know what time it is. They do not want to hear the words of Ezekiel and how relevant they are and how they are alive and speaking to us today and the present situation that we are in. We've talked about how, uh, you know, the apostle said that in the last days, they're going to be scoffers. Oh, Jesus, they thought he was going to come back 2000 years ago. And look how long it's taken. But watch as these scriptures start unfolding. And if you start to get uncomfortable, I pray right now that the peace of God, the shalom of God would come over you because you have been destined, as we have been talking about, to live in such a time as this, to occupy till he comes and to know the time so you know your assignment before the king of kings comes on the planet once again. So again, if you want to know what time it is in the world You have to go to the word of God. Listen to me now. Never put the word of God down. Never. It should be what you are feeding yourself on. It is what the spirit man actually survives on and eats. It is not the the. literally... It is the bread of life. It is the living word. And this is what we are to be partaking, ingesting, and finding our nourishment and strength for our spirit man, because you are a spirit being who has a soul, a mind, and and will, and emotions, memories, that lives in a body. But you are made in the image and likeness of your Father, so you are a spirit being first. So we must feed the spirit man, especially in this time. So never, ever put the word of God down. Hosea 6, verse 1 through 2 tells us the time is late. Jesus is even at the door. I don't know if you know the stories, but a few years ago where literally Jesus came and visited, uh, I, there was a knocking at the door, a, a physical, real, in this realm, physical realm, knocking on the door of my parents' bedroom. And then there was a knocking on the door of my bedroom door at the same, same time, the same night when we were crying out for God to show us His glory. And this was the intent and the cry of our hearts. We were praying that. And then all of a sudden, many, many people in the congregation started getting knockings on the door. It was a sign to wake up, get ready. Jesus is even at the door. His coming is soon. So it says, come, let us return to Adonai. This is Hosea. For he has torn and he will heal us. He has struck and he will bind our wounds. Now listen to this. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will revive us. A day, listen, in scripture, scripture, interpreting scripture, a day is as a thousand years in scripture. So after two days, 2,000 years, in Hosea, it says he will revive us on the third day. Hosea here says he will raise us up and we will live in his presence. That third day is upon us when Jesus Christ will rule and reign for a thousand years on the throne in Jerusalem. Verse three says in Hosea chapter six, let us know, let us strive to know Adonai that he will come and it's as certain as morning. He will come to us like rain, like the spring rains that water the earth. Hosea, his words, they ring true. We, that, that, that second day, we're dawning on the third day even now. And he's saying, he will come. He speaks it to my heart and he revives your heart and he speaks it to your heart. He is coming and he is coming soon. The third day fast approaches and we will live in his presence. As we said before, the plumb line is the eternal word of God. He holds it above his name. And in the word of God, Israel emerges as the prophetic time clock. You want to know what time it is on the prophetic time clock. You need to look at what is happening to Israel. I texted um, our prophet friend, Robert Mawiri uh, this week. And I said, uh, last week, really, um, I'm teaching Ezekiel, Robert. I'm teaching Ezekiel, and I'm telling the people about Ezekiel chapter 37. I said, I'm going to tell the people that it's a sign of where we are at in terms of events that are about to take place on the earth. And he schedules a phone call with me to talk about Ezekiel. So we we had a phone call for, for the next day to actually discuss the book of Ezekiel with our prophet friend, Robert Mawiri. So that day, I am listening to a word. I'm going to tell you a story that happened to me, something that happened to me this week. And I asked the Lord um, before, you know, I would share, is this just for a smaller group of people, my peeps, or is it for the people? And then he confirmed and he answered that specific prayer. And so what I am about to share to you, uh, with you, is, is something that the Lord um, did. And he said, I want you to share it with the people because this is popping up all over. And when you share this, it's to confirm that the remnant who hears... The remnant who says, I know the time, and they're getting the same message. These stories will actually confirm the word of the Lord to them. So that's why I am telling uh, these strange and amazing and miraculous stories. So I'm listening to a word that was sent to me by a new friend. Um, and it, you know, it was a, a word that a man gave. I don't even know his name, actually. Uh, at a church, the the link was sent to me. It was on YouTube. Um, it was a word for 2020, and and what the Lord had spro- spoken to this man, and he was prophetically sharing what was going to happen in 2020. And what he started speaking about was the spirit of Elijah uh, being poured out. And we know spirit of Elijah, that holy boldness, that these are the days of Elijah, that before the second coming of Jesus Christ, the spirit of Elijah would be poured out on the earth. And I, I just shared a message about the spirit of Elijah. And these are the days of Elijah. Uh, and, you know, and then what does he do? He confronts false demon gods. Baal and his false prophets. And, and uh, he, he confronts them with the one true living God. And he does it in boldness. He mocks their, their demon gods. And he, he mocks the false prophets. And he calls them out in boldness, holy boldness, and confronts. And then there are powerful signs and wonders that back up the prophet of the one true living God. And so right here we have that this is not a social gospel that waters down the things of God and tries to contextualize the gospel to make things palpable to the culture around you. No, that is not what the spirit of Elijah does. It comes in boldness and it is unwavering and it roars like a lion and it points to the one true king, Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not afraid to offend. It doesn't fear offending. The gospel is the power. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the power. That is the message. That is the note that needs to be clear and concise and coming out of those who know the season and the time that we are living in. Unmuddied. Because that is the message that will actually bring life and hope, and the one new man that Jesus Christ is worthy of and who he's coming back that church without spot and blemish and wrinkle. And literally right now is the ingathering of that harvest before he comes again because there are those who are still outside of the house and the Lord is bidding them to come. But it's gonna come through those who are filled with that spirit of Elijah that bring the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, him crucified, him raised on the third day and that life now given to you and the remission of your sins. So the word that I was listening to was speaking of these things. And I'm saying, yes, I've seen this. I've experienced this. I, yes. Then he started speaking about the remnant in the church and the remnant being called out. And I started laughing because I'm thinking about how I have looked into this camera through this whole prophet series. And I remember saying over and over again, I'm preaching to you, remnant. I'm looking for you, remnant, within the house of God. There's a remnant within us that that, that is being called out that the Lord is speaking to right now. And so I'm saying, yes, check, check. I hear you. I see. I, I have experienced these things. Preaching to that remnant, calling out those watchmen. Not all of Israel is the true Israel, and not all of the church is the true church. On that day when the Lord comes back, he says that many will say, Lord, Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? And and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. So there is a remnant, and he's calling us out right now. So I'm listening very intently to this word because of how uh, accurate it was in my experience. I'm running around trying to be a normal person, I said, going to the beach with my family and my friends. And so I'm late uh, because I'm listening to this word. And so I'm running around getting dressed, ready for the beach. And all of a sudden, the word comes to an end. And I hear all of a sudden Uh, My phone is where I was listening to this word rolls into um, another person talking and I hear the voice of Kim Clement. Now, if you don't know who Kim Clement is, he was um, like a a prophet who would worship and the prophecies would come as he would be playing his, um, you know, keyboard, and it was a very interesting and strange and amazing. He has gone to be with the Lord. Um, his voice is very distinct, if you have ever heard him. So I recognized his voice all of a sudden right away. It was Kim Clement's voice. And um, so... I thought that my phone had just rolled into the next YouTube video that they thought that I would want to hear. And they picked Kim Clement for me. So I listened. And this is what he said. When Moses met with God, he told them to put the word on their foreheads, to bind it on their, their wrists, their arms. Then Kim Clement goes into this. He says, pad your house with the word, your space around you with the word of God, write it on your mirrors. And all of a sudden I'm going, wow, that's interesting. What an interesting word that I'm listening to through Kim Clement. I write, if you know me, all over my mirrors, what God is sharing, Versus I've encouraged you to do that with a dry erase marker. Sean cannot brush his teeth without the word of God literally like over his face because it's reflected, you know, there in the mirror. Then I run out of room and I went into the medicine cabinet in the side. Then I ran out of room and I went and wrote in the mirror in our bedroom. So he says, write the word on your mirrors. So now it's getting a little more specific. Then he says, write on your chalkboards. I have a chalkboard. I have the word of God all over it. Um, I have now since put it in my son Noah's room. And then he says this. This is the word of the Lord. Listen, hear me. Don't just read the prophets. Eat their words. And then he finishes and says, eat the scroll of Ezekiel. I kind of started shaking, and I ran to my phone to stop and pause the message because it was so specific. I am in Ezekiel. I'm going through the prophets with you. I'm immersed in the prophets. That's literally what our reading Bible, its whole section, is immersed in the prophets. And and then when he finishes with Ezekiel and eating the scroll of Ezekiel, which is talked about, the Lord gives Ezekiel a scroll to eat, I went to pause it to send this message to myself so I could listen to it again. Where is this? Why? I would need to hear the whole thing before, you know, something happened. And as I ran to press pause on my phone, it's on the screen. It says, uh, Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints, which is the Mormon church. And it showed that it was a commercial in the corner. And all of a sudden, I didn't know how to compute why is Kim Clement, a prophet, speaking the words of the Lord, telling us to eat the scroll of Ezekiel, not just read the prophets, but eat the, word, the words of the prophets? Why is he on a commercial for Mormons? And I was frozen, and I didn't know what to do. And then my mom called, and my mom immediately dove into the word that I had just sent her. It was this, you know, I sent her the word that my friend had sent me because of how accurate it was. And she says, oh, my gosh, that word was amazing. It's what we've been talking about. It's this, you know, spirit of Elijah being poured out. It's the remnant. And she was going on and on. And she's like, Annie, what's wrong with you? You're not talking. And I said, the word? She's like, you just sent me a word. And I said, I- I'm in Ezekiel. I'm in Ezekiel. And she said, what are you talking about? And I told her what just had happened. And she said, so you know, say it, what just happened. I said, did the Holy Spirit just hijack my phone and speak to me through the voice of a dead prophet and tell me to eat the scroll of Ezekiel? And she said yes, and I was shaking, and I had to go to the beach and be a normal person with my family at the beach, and it was beautiful and amazing, and so that happened, and I shared with a few friends, and then later that night, went over to some friends' houses, and the Lord was really prompting me to share with um, the people that I was with um, about the time About what God is doing, Um, uh, uh, you know, just, um, you know, how it is no longer time to kind of be complacent in our walk with the Lord, how the hour, you know, is late, and how it's time to start stepping into our gift sets because we need one another. Uh, It's no longer time to be on the sidelines or, you know, uh, let Moses go into the cloud and you tell us what the word of the Lord is. It's all hands on deck in this season because he's coming again soon. And we need everyone. We need everyone in. We need commitment. We need lukewarm to be to be spewed out of your mouth so that the Lord doesn't spew you out of his mouth. But you are hot. You are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and his soon return. And you're looking. And... um, And one of the the friends said, I had a dream. I had a dream with you in it. I can't remember it, though. So I quickly prayed that the Holy Spirit would remind my friend of the dream that he had with me in it. And then we went on. And the night ended with, um, you know, my husband was there and with our friends and, you know, ministering to one another, praying for each other. And the power of God came so strong on me and my friend after prayer that the weight of God came on us and our heads folded down and couldn't come off of the table. I'm telling you that the power of God was so strong and so present that I could barely walk actually home. It was so, so heavy, heavy, the weight of God. So um, I wake up the next morning and I wake up to a text from my friend. And she says um, that her husband, as soon as he went to sleep that night, and um, he, he woke up with a start and, and a jolt and, and gasped. And he goes, I remember the dream. The Lord just showed me the dream. I remember the dream. And so she tells me the dream. And the dream was of my friend. And he's on one side of the valley. And I'm on the other side of the valley. And there inside the valley is dry bones. <laughs> And he says that he's pointing up to the sky as high as his hand can go. He said, it was so high, Annie. And I was so excited. I was just so excited looking at you on the other side of the valley of these dry bones. As we watch the dry bones come back together and start to manifest, he said, in front of us. And start to come alive with, with bone and then flesh and muscle and sinew. And, and come back together. So it was Ezekiel 37 that he had the dream. And I was the one showing him and saying, this is a now word. This is happening now. And it was Ezekiel 37. He had no idea that I am in Ezekiel he, and teaching. He had no idea about eating uh, the, the scroll of Ezekiel and what had happened to me that day. He did not know um, that I had a phone call scheduled that day with Robert to talk about Ezekiel 37 and the chapters that follow. Do you see what is happening here? The Lord is confirming this word. And I know many of you right now are hearing what I'm saying, and you are feeling you are getting excited, maybe even a little fire in your belly. And the Holy Spirit is saying, this is happening. This is happening. In Ezekiel 37, I want to read to you from the word, uh, verse 1 through 14. With the hand of Adonai upon me, Adonai carried me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He had me pass by all around them. There were so many bones lying in the valley, and they were so dry. And he asked me, human being. Can these bones live? I answered, Adonai Elohim, only you know that. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear what Adonai has to say. To these bones, Adonai Elohim said, I will make breath enter you and you will live. I will attach ligaments to you and make flesh grow on you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you. You will live and you will know that I am Adonai. So I prophesied as ordered. And while I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. It was the bones coming together, each bone in its proper place. As I watched, ligaments grew on them, flesh appeared and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Next, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, human beings, say to the breath that Adonai Elohim says, come from the four winds and breathe, breathe on these slain so that they can live. So I prophesied as ordered and the breath came into them and they were alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. Then he said to me, human being, These bones are the whole house of Israel. And they are saying, our bones have dried up. Our hope is gone and we are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy, say to them that Adonai Elohim says, My people, I will open your graves and make you get up out of your graves. I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am Adonai. When I have opened your graves and made you get up out of your graves, my people, I will put my spirit in you and you will be alive. And then I will place you in your own land and you will know that I, Adonai, have spoken and that I have done it, says Adonai. Prophetic. The prophetic timeline. It starts with the reappearance of Israel. So what time is it? Listen. There has never been any nation on earth that has been scattered to the ends of the earth with no king, with no kingdom, with no protection, like sheep without a shepherd. No language, no, no common language to bind them. Scattered all over the earth for 2,000 years. Persecuted to be wiped off the earth as literally hell comes against them. They not only survive, but they come back together. From the days of Moses in Torah, God said to his people, If you turn away from me, I am going to scatter you Jewish people to the ends of the earth. You'll be persecuted from one nation to the next. You will be left to wander. But, but in the last days, I will regather you from the ends of the earth. I will bring you back to the ancestral land. Promise to your father, Abraham, Israel, and you will be my people. Ezekiel 37 is fulfilled in our day. Ezekiel 37 happened on May 14th, 1948. And when you consider 2,000 years ago, as my 17-year-old daughter could actually realize, 1948 is not that long Ago, it's very present to us. And listen to me, not a spiritual Israel, but a physical Israel with land, uh, a geography attached to it at that specific place on the world map, Israel in location and also a people, the Jews. So miracle one, the Jews survived to come back after 2,000 years of being dispersed all over the earth. And then it was regathered to its original spot, Israel. Now Israel was united with her covenant people, but Jerusalem only was years later in 1967, the Six-Day War. Another absolute miracle and fulfillment of what we are reading in Ezekiel. So now the Holy Land... And and the holy city, Jerusalem, are miraculously given to God's ancient covenanted people, the Jews. But did you know also another sign of the times that the Lord is coming is that the Lord actually is going to bring many of the Jews to a realization that Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is the Messiah, is their Messiah. And fact, there are more Jewish people that are coming to Yeshua, Jesus' as Messiah, now than at any other time since the book of Acts. These are the days that you and I are living in, the ones that are talked about in the ancient prophecies, saying that these things foretell that the Lord is coming back soon. I have a new friend, Bob, and he is a Jewish man. And he actually, the the way that he came to Jesus, Yeshua as Messiah, was uh, participating in a Seder, the Passover meal, with his family, his Jewish religious family. And all of a sudden, the lamb shank on the, the table, which is part of the meal for Passover, turned into Jesus this is the kind of stuff that is happening right now. He's just a new friend, so I thought I would tell that story because I just heard this testimony a few days ago. But there are so many things of Jesus visiting people in dreams, in open visions, miraculous signs and wonders to show his people who he is, that he is their Messiah. One of the other signs is that the whole world will be focused on Israel. Why? It's a little piece of land in the Middle East, and it's literally the size of New Jersey. And then Jerusalem on top of that, a city that just basically is kind of a pile of of rocks. And yet this is the headline of our news, of the world news. Why? Because that is where Jesus is coming back. It's ground zero, Jerusalem, inside of Israel. Other signs, Daniel the prophet says that knowledge shall increase and we are there. He also says in Daniel 12 that travel will increase. We are there. It also says that in the last days there will be a great falling away. There will be an apostasy, a falling away. And you're going to see a culture and a great falling away from faith. Turning away in culture from the ways of God and the ways of the Bible. And this is accelerated whether you're looking at what marriages and how they're trying to redefine and take that from what God has ordained and set as the creator who gets to say this is what creation does and is made for is taking away manhood, taking away womanhood, taking away the sanctity of life. As the Antichrist, which I believe is alive on the planet right now, soon to be revealed to the world, We are seeing a rise up in the world of more and more of the Antichrist spirit because as the person that will personify Antichrist and literally at some point be filled with the devil himself, that the spirit of Antichrist starts to rise at the same time. And that Antichrist spirit is described as boastful, brazen, blasphemous, desecrates holy things. This is rampant in our culture today. This speaks of the days that we are living in. There is a spirit at work in the world, and it's accelerated, and it hates true Christians and the Jewish people. These are all signs. But what I want to get to is... The next thing. So Israel, Ezekiel 37, it's, it's, it's happened. It's, it's, it's happening as more Jews from around the world continue to make Aliyah and come into Israel. We're watching it happen. Um, but, but the next thing that is on the prophetic time clock again is in Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And it's being fulfilled in this hour. And it is Ezekiel 40. And then on through 43, the next thing to be fulfilled. Now, I want to talk to you guys about the Middle East peace deal um, that no one seems to think that we are in. But we are. And I want to explain how... uh This works, and it does matter because it talks about the culmination of this time that will then turn into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ seated on the throne. And so if we're coming to the end of this dispensation, you want to know what time it is. So the Oslo Accords were a series of agreements between Israel and the Palestinians that took place in the 1990s, and this was actually signed. So the deal that we are not in was signed in the 1990s by Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin and Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat. I want you to notice the name of the Prime Minister of Israel. His last name is Rabin. Because I want to take you in and maybe just jot this reference down, Daniel 9, verse 27. It says... And he will confirm the covenant with many for one week. And for half of the week, he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he will make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined will be poured upon the desolate. And you're like, what did you just say? This is speaking of the peace treaty that will usher in the end times. Daniel tells us in the last days, there's going to be a covenant of peace that is made. It's, it's, it happens in the Middle East. And he says it's for a one-week period. And then the Daniel timeline, uh, that is seven years. One week equals seven years. So it says in Daniel 9, listen, he will confirm the covenant with many. So when you see this, the covenant of peace, and it confirms it with many. Now, we have to go into the root of the Hebrew word for many, because this is who the covenant is being made with many. The root word. So back to that Oslo Accord. Remember the prime minister of Israel who signed and shook hands on that peace deal is Rabin. Confirm the covenant with many. The word for many in Hebrew, the root word is Rab, Rab, R-A-B. It is literally the name Rabin is in Daniel 9, verse 27. The covenant of the Oslo Peace Agreement has the covenant is made with Rab, Rabin. You have his name literally written in to Daniel 9, verse 27. And what they do basically in that deal is a dividing of the land. Now, Trump, we have talked about how he has a Cyrus anointing on him. Again, you need to have discernment in these times. Cyrus in the ancient times was not a godly man but he was anointed by God for a specific call that he would do an assignment. And the Lord was the one who, who destined that and stirred that up in him. It actually says that he was a heathen. But we have Trump who was used recently, again, uh, to make Jerusalem the capital of Israel because he has that Cyrus anointing on him. And so he is, I, I, I pray for him and we need to pray for all our leaders right now. But I don't say he is a godly man because I don't know him personally. Only God can judge his heart. But he is God's man for this hour. There's a difference right there. So Trump rolls out his deal of a century on January 28th this year for a Middle East peace plan. And what we need to understand is that it is basically a continued rollout of the Oslo Accords. Confirming that covenant and dividing the land. So it was already agreed on in the 90s. The Lord gave our friend Robert um, a word for Benjamin Netanyahu. This was before he was the prime minister. And the Lord very supernaturally and very miraculously made a way for this uh you know prophet to go and give a word to Benjamin Netanyahu that he was going to be the prime minister uh, of Israel and that he was not to divide the land. And uh, so I was just with Robert uh, last weekend um, in Texas, and he told me this story personally. He, he said that um, when Benjamin got the word that he went and, you know, went to a private place and he actually asked the Lord, he asked God, Why have you called this man to bring this word to me? And the Lord, he said, spoke to him. This is Benjamin Netanyahu and said, I have called you to build the third temple. And that was the word that he came back to tell our friend Robert. Benjamin Netanyahu is motivated by the deal of the century because he believes that he is called by God to build the third temple. Uh, in his house with my friend, he has a picture up, and it is a picture of Benjamin Netanyahu, and he is actually holding this big, big um, map, uh, kind of this, uh, you know, architectural drawing, a schematic, and he's holding it like this, and he literally looks like a little kid. Um, I, I have the picture on my phone, uh, and it is a, a picture of a diagram of the temple um, at, that, that he believes that he has been called to actually Um, bring about. Um, So Ezekiel 40 goes on to describe in great detail this third temple that I believe we will see very soon. This is where we're at on the timeline. We have seen Ezekiel 37. Now we're going to see Ezekiel 40. We are on the brink of this happening. It will eventually, um, you know, it's going to get to the Temple Mount because right now he's already on July 1st starting to annex the land in the West Bank. And then they want to continue and this will get to the Temple Mount. Now, up there right now, you know, is the Dome of the Rock. This third temple will be built next to the Dome of the Rock. Ezekiel 42, verse 20, tells us how this will happen. Let me read it to you. He measured it by the four sides. It had a wall around it. 500 reed long and 500 wide to make a separation between the sanctuary and the profane place. Profane place, the dome of the rock, the wall to separate in between those two. You have it right here in Ezekiel 42, verse 20, describing the third temple and the situation that we find ourselves in right now. This takes us straight, listen to me, into the book of Revelation we're the same temple that is described in Ezekiel that we're talking about, that I believe is on the scene, we're right at the beginning of that. It's going to take fruition very, very soon. It takes us into Revelation chapter 11. Listen to this. It says, this is John who is getting this, this vision of, of the end times. Um, it says, and a reed like a rod was given to me. The angel said, you must rise, And you must measure the sanctuary of God and the altar and count those who worship at it. And you must exclude, pay attention, exclude the court outside, the sanctuary. And do not measure this outside because it has been given to the heathens and they will tread upon the holy city 42 months. So that wall that is described in this third temple that Benjamin Netanyahu believes he is called by God to actually participate in bringing to fruition on the planet in Jerusalem on Temple Mount now, Ezekiel, we're, we're watching. Okay, so the Dome of the Rock, it remains. It shows us how this is going to happen. It's telling us ahead of time what's going to take place, what the next thing is to be fulfilled. It remains as part of the, the deal of a century. And it continues that covenant of the Oslo Accords. So Ezekiel is being fulfilled in our day. This is the hour. And the temple is the last greatest thing to be fulfilled before the battle of Armageddon. The first temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. It's all over. We've been reading about this for quite some time if you're with me in the prophets. The second temple, Titus, comes and he destroys it. This third temple gets taken over by the Antichrist himself, where after a few years of peace, he claims to be God. He stops the sacrifices. And that final showdown, that confrontation over the Temple Mount takes place, round zero. The biggest confrontation that takes place as the Antichrist then turns and he breaks the covenant and he attacks The Jews and Joel, the prophet tells us that the land and the people belong to God, that the Israel and that geography is God's land, that those people are covenant to him. They belong to him. And so when the Antichrist turns to destroy both, our God is a covenant keeping God and he does not allow this to take place. What we need to do, you guys, when we hear a message like this is there should be a fear of the Lord that comes over you, not a fear against God, but a fear of his holiness, how precise he is, how you have been actually destined to be living on the planet for such a time as this. We must be a people who go back to biblical Christianity. Hmm. Biblical strategy, not man trying to figure it out and make things be healed and whole. Reconciliation only comes by the blood of the lamb. We need to go back to biblical ways. God is a father to all of us who are born again to be one family, to be one new man, one body for God so loved the world. We need the word of God to be renewing us right now. You need to be feeding yourself on the word, the living word of God. This is why, so that you can be renewed so that you can see the world through heaven's perspective and, and not earth's plane. Much of the church is much 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 too earthbound and you're seeing through the eyes of flesh. And the Lord wants to start to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, to hear his voice, to understand the times that we are living in and what we must do till he comes. God loves the Palestinians. He loves the Arab people. They are also uh, having visitation from the Lord in miraculous and supernatural ways. The nations of the world, God so loved the world and he does not discriminate. But the question is, are we going to honor the word of God and not come with our own understanding that is limited? His ways are higher than ours. We, we, we cannot come with our own understanding, but we come humbly as children and cry out Abba to daddy. Teach us, show us your ways, make us see what you are doing. The roadmap to peace is in the Bible The battle of Armageddon is when the nations of the world will go against Israel to destroy Israel and go against the holy covenanted people. And God will split the heavens and open and Jesus will come back to stop those gathered in the valley of Megiddo. God comes to defend the territorial integrity of the land that he is in covenant with. I wanna finish here uh, reading this verse over you in Ezekiel 43. Because one of the things that's so amazing is that the same temple that Ezekiel talks about in 40, and even the same temple that you go and you read about by John, he sees the same thing. They describe the same thing, that even the Antichrist comes to that temple, that temple is visited by the glory of God. And it's in Ezekiel 43. It says, after this, he brought me to the gate facing east. There I saw the glory of the God of Israel approaching from the east. His voice was like the sound of rushing water, and the earth shone with his glory. The vision seemed like the vision I had seen at the Kivara River, which is what we talked about last week. And I fell on my face. Adonai's glory entered the house through the gate, facing the east. So these are the days that we are living in. The Lord is coming back soon. You cannot know your assignment unless you know the time. We are to occupy until he comes. The gospel should be the thing that is coming out of your mouth and the focus of your mind at all times. If there was ever a time to put aside anything that is hindering you, it's now because the hour is late, the day is growing short, and we are not to be looking for the Antichrist. The Lord tells us what to do. He says, put your eyes on Jesus. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. These are the days when the spirit of Elijah comes on us in holy boldness, and the Lord God Almighty actually backs us up with signs and wonders as we come and we bring those who are marked by him, like Ezekiel 9 talks about, the ink horn goes out and he says, go and mark the foreheads of those in Ezekiel's day that were, were saddened over the sin of the earth, that saw what was happening in the temple and their hearts were broken. And I believe that the Lord, even right now in this message, is searching your heart. And he's seeing, is this one to be marked on their forehead, that they belong to me, that they're part of the remnant, that they believe the words that she's speaking right now, that they're my words, they're not her words, that they're a now word, that I'm coming back for them soon, and that there are many more that need to hear this message. So I believe that that is for you right now. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that you are accelerating things. I thank you that we are at the place where there's going to be harvest time. The end times are when more souls come into the kingdom of God than at any other time on the planet. We're not to be looking at the doom or gloom or those things, Lord God, but we know the day approaches. So we make ourselves ready to meet you face to face, Lord God. And Lord, I had a friend who, uh, A sweet friend who said, What if you're wrong, Annie? What if you're wrong? What if, what if it's not soon? And I said, And I think I'm supposed to say it now. I said, Well, I don't think that I'm wrong because of the word and because what is being uh, uh, fulfilled in our day, that this is that and scripture showing us where we're at. But let me enter into that place. Let's say I'm wrong and the Lord doesn't come back until, you know, I'm 99 versus, you know, in this decade. What have I done? I've been obsessed with Jesus, Hmm. in love with Jesus. I know him intimately. I know his voice. I share Jesus. I get to see healings and signs and miracles and dreams. He's speaking, speaking so much, and I get to bring people into it, and none of it will be wasted. None of it will be wasted, because he's worthy. This life is about Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender everything to Jesus, and he is coming back soon. Lord God, we believe, stir up the faith in the hearts of those who hear this message that fear would have to go in Jesus' name, that you would settle them and you would start to speak to them, Lord God. You'd start to tell them their assignments for this time before you come back again in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I will see you next week as we finish out the prophets. Bye.